Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here. And Gavin and I have been splitting up, talking to some of the hosts from around the Locked On Network, trying to gauge interest in some of the Knicks veterans with a report coming out yesterday from SNY's Ian Begley that the Knicks are indeed looking to trade some of their veterans to free up time for the younger players. And so today I phoned up Matt Moore, who you might know from the Action Network uh, NBA site or from Locked On Nuggets to talk about the Nuggets, you know, a team that has arguably overperformed expectations given the injury situation and everything they've gone through uh, and have really managed to keep themselves right in the thick of the Western playoff race while they wait for Jamal Murray to get healthy. So I talked to Matt about Alec Burks mostly and also a little bit about Julius Randle and see if, you know, he, he or the Nuggets might be interested in going for some of the Knicks veterans in a trade to try to bolster the Nuggets. And we try to put together a package that would maybe be palatable for both teams, given where both teams are at right now. So it's a lot of really good content. Uh, look forward to bringing you this nice little mini bonus episode talking trades with Matt Moore right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Once again, I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Knicks site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. And I am joined by Matt Moore of Action Network uh, NBA and the co-host of the Locked On Nuggets podcast. So I won't hold this up any further. I'll just let us get right into the discussion. All right. So I am joined by Matt Moore now. Uh, you might know him as at HP Basketball on Twitter. Uh, just a small little account you might have heard of somewhere. Uh, also an NBA writer at Action Network and the co-host of the Locked On Nuggets podcast, which is what brings us to this little Knicks Nuggets trade deadline crossover. Uh, so, Matt, how are you doing? How's this Nuggets season going for you and, and everything before we get into some of these uh, these Nuggets? Uh, or <laughs> I guess <laughs> me trying to talk you into taking the Knicks veterans. <laughs> Well, get ready because I'm going to talk to you, talk you into some of the uh, Nuggets absolute trash heap on the bench. So that's going to be <laughs> a fun exchange of garbage today on the show. Uh, I'm doing well. It's been, uh, you know, honestly, outside of that dip where we had all the COVID, uh, the terrible Omicron wave in late December, it's been a really good season. I think the basketball has been good. The normalized schedule has been pretty good. Storylines are pretty good. Um, the Nuggets have been, honestly, a lot of my colleagues have hated this Nuggets season. It's been fine. There's ups and downs. There's uh, sometimes they, they play pretty well. Jokic is a treat to cover. Uh, and other times they look like absolute hell. So it's been an up and down one. But in general, I've really enjoyed this season. Yeah, they, they sort of, I mean, at least from a wins and losses perspective, it's almost like they're having a, a bizarro Knicks season because the Knicks have had a few games early on that really kind of bit them in the butt. 
at this point where now they're like three games under 500 uh, and facing a really tough schedule to end the year, they didn't really take advantage of the the schedule afforded to them. Meanwhile, the Nuggets, they're 24 and 21. They're sixth in the West right now. And they still have Jamal Murray coming back at some point on the horizon, right? So I, I would have to imagine that that makes people feel pretty good about where they're at at the moment. The fact they've sort of treaded water and still kept in the West playoff picture while still waiting for Murray to come back, right? I think the problem is the expectations were really high after the Western Conference Finals run. And then you had last year where they were up and down after losing Jeremy Grant. Then they trade for Aaron Gordon and they look like a dynamo, but then Murray gets hurt. And so like they haven't the problem is expectations, right? I was like, it's always about expectations. And that's all and in New York, that's always part of the problem as well. But like with the Nuggets, this was a team that I think there was real hope that once you make the Western Conference Finals, it's like, okay. We got to be looking for championship. And the problem is without Murray, without Porter, without even PJ Dozier, who would help a lot with all the injuries they sustained, it's hard to really think that they can make that kind of a run. And so they're really just trying to get through it. Uh, It was a, what's interesting is that they were a, they had a very front loaded schedule. They have, I think the toughest schedule in the league before Christmas. And now in this stretch, they have the easiest schedule really to the end of the year, uh, third easiest in, in strength of schedule as of now, easiest in preseason strength of schedule. So, you know, things are setting up well for a run. Jamal Murray, there's a lot of discussion and back and forthing and politicking going on about when he's going to be back. I still expect him to be back in February. And if he's back in February, then I think that they have a shot of making a run where that leads to. I don't know, but they're going to be dangerous come playoff time, and they definitely have not played their best basketball yet. Yeah, so, I mean, that that leads us right into, I guess, the trade discussions, right? I mean, there's there's reason to believe that, you know, with the Nuggets, even though they're sitting at sixth, I think, you know, I, I agree with you. I think that there's probably a really good chance that they're going to make a run of some sort because if you get a player of Jamal Murray's caliber back, you know, for the stretch run of the season, that's like adding a huge piece at the deadline sort of you know what I mean like that's a move in and of itself without having to do anything other than just reinsert a borderline all-star caliber player into your lineup uh that said I'm going to try to gauge your interest on a few guys on the Knicks right now because I think there's reports especially the last couple days coming out that the Knicks uh front office is really looking to move off some vets I know Zach Lowe had a number of quotes insinuating that on his podcast yesterday as well as saying that the Knicks have been pretty guarded about guys like Emmanuel quickly. So it doesn't sound like the Knicks are, are delusional enough to think that they're, you know, a couple uh, trades of, of their, their young assets away from really competing for anything this year as they shouldn't be. So let me first gauge your interest on Alec Burks. Um, he's averaging 11 points this year, four boards, two and a half assists, uh, one and a half steals a game, shooting 38% overall, 39% from three, 83% from the free throw line. I think he has done a good job of proving that he could be sort of a a Swiss Army knife player, which I feel like is just I feel like that's the brand of player that like like lives in the in the mountainous uh northwest area. Like that's just sort of always the player that I, I feel like thrives in the Northwest division, whether it's like for the Jazz <laughs> or the Nuggets or whoever. Just like a toolsy guy that can score, that can you know, move the ball around that in Burks's case can really defend his butt off this year. What do you think about Burks? And do you think that that would be a player that the Nuggets would potentially be interested in? 
I mean, I think Burks is excellent, honestly, for value on contract under 10 mil and, and being a veteran player that can handle, operate his lead guard and shoot. Like, it's just a really good combination in terms of what, like, the Nuggets are the type of team that if they had assets, I think would be very interested in Burks. Like, I'm, I would tell you that I would be pretty certain that there's, that call's already probably been made. Like, I haven't checked for sure, but based off the conversations I've had, uh, with the front office of the Nuggets, like I believe that they probably have kicked the tires on that idea. The only problem, and this is going to be the issue here, but I think between the two teams as we continue to talk about this, is the Knicks, I think, have players that the Nuggets might want, but the Nuggets don't have players they can give to get that player. And the Nuggets have players I think the Knicks might want, but the Knicks don't have the players to get those guys. And so I think we're going to be in a, a kind of a tight spot trying to work on a deal. But I can tell you, like, if, if Burks was just like, hey, he's got to go, we'll take you know, we just want multiple assets we can then swap around or we'll bring in a third team, those type of things, then I think that there's definitely going to be interest because Burks would op- would fix one of the biggest problems that the Nuggets have, which is just they're extremely short on lead guards on the bench who can create their own shot. And that's something that Burks can do. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about like the... the I'm looking through it right now, actually. It looks like the pick situation is not the best. Ideal? On the, on the Nuggets end, yeah. <laughs> it's looking like... Earliest first round pick would be twenty twenty seven, from the look of things. And then, if you can uh, get the magic to correct some of the adjustments, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's part of it. You'd have to get the magic and change their conditions. So this is the problem: is um, stepping in rule really hamstrings the Nuggets. The other mm-hmm. twenty twenty three first round pick, uh, which is lottery protected in twenty twenty thirteen, one through fourteen in twenty twenty four. And lottery protected in it's lottery protected the first three years uh, in twenty through through twenty twenty five. So they could technically probably get OKC to be like, hey, we'll give you the twenty twenty four unprotected if you'll ease the restrictions on this one. The Nuggets have been really really resistant to removing protections. You don't want to have that year where it's just like everything bottoms out and you're giving up you know, the net, like the net Celtics type of situation where it's like everything bottoms out and suddenly you're giving up like a top 10 pick. You don't want to do that. Um, they owe that one. And then in 2025, uh, protected one through five in 2025. So unlikely to hit with Jokic around, um, one through five in 2026 and one through five in 2027 to the magic. So what you can offer basically is like some form of a, an adjusted pick there. Like Maury did this in Houston where you could say that that pick to Orlando is top five protected. So you could say, all right, if it's not top five, if it's 15 to 30, we'll send you the pick, right? Mm-hmm. We In a deal to New York, like that could be the adjustment is if it's mm-hmm. one through five protected, um, you can kind of change it with Orlando and say like, Hey, we want to switch it and go to, you get a broader range, but we're able to move it if it's 15 and above. Like those are the only real conditions that you're going to be able to generate a pick. Otherwise you're talking about like, honestly, like 2029 20, is like the first like available first round pick. And don't get me wrong. Like if I'm the Knicks and you're like, yeah, yeah, I mean like, look, if you're like, Hey, in seven years, Jokic might leave and the team might be absolute, just be rebuilding. That pick mm-hmm. becomes extremely valuable, but a front office that's like trying to survive now is never going to be interested in seven years from now. Yeah, I, I do actually. I will say this much: for once, I do feel like this this Knicks front office has a little bit of job security, um, which is always fickle. 
you know, it can always change on a dime. But at least at this particular moment, I, I think that if Leon Rose would, would make that trade and get a pick seven years in the future, I think that he could probably sell that to James Dolan and be like, hey, look, you, we don't know what's going to be going on in seven years. Think about where the Knicks were seven years ago. You know, it's everything changes completely, you know, over the course of, of seven years. So it's, uh, wow, seven years ago was like Porzingis' rookie year. That's kind of crazy to think about. I just want to remind everybody that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bars make it easier to stick with your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And look, I'm just like anybody else. I, I also am trying to get fit in the new year. I got a lot to do this year. I got some summer plans I want to look good for. Got a whole bunch of weddings to go to this year. A couple that I'm in want to look nice for that. So I've been working out too. And last night I went to, you know, I ate some dinner after I got home from the gym and then it hit like 930 and I was like, man, I'm still hungry. And I didn't know what to eat. You don't want to eat something that's full of fat. You don't want to eat something that's not going to be productive for your body. So what do I have? But a coconut almond built bar tastes just like an almond joy. And gives me all the protein that I needed without loading me up with a bunch of fat and sugar and stuff before bed. So Built Bars have certainly been key to my New Year's resolutions so far this year. So if you want to get some Built Bars for yourself, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And today's show is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. There might be less football being played, but Bet Online has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website. To sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use our promo code LOCKED ON to get started. And it's not just football, Bet Online's basketball, hockey, Boxing and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. So I'm going to run another game by you, and I mean, and then maybe we'll get into some of the names that that you were saying that the the Nuggets have that maybe the Knicks wouldn't be interested in, or or wouldn't be able to find a perfect you know way to make this work but this name that i'm about to throw out maybe makes it more possible to shoot for someone slightly bigger on the nuggets roster that would be julius randall uh his name for the first time has come up in trade discussions now uh ian begley reported yesterday that uh the team is at the very least taking calls on him and you know looking at potential deals to deal julius randall he's eligible to be dealt i think starting like february 6th so right before the deadline, so they could essentially have something in place and execute it at the deadline if they so choose. Uh, do you think the Nuggets would be at all interested in a Julius Randle type of player? A stretch four um, guy, uh, you want to talk about a guy that can handle the ball and create? He's actually quite good at that, though I wonder if there would be a little bit of redundancy and or 
uh, tension over how much he's touching the ball when he's in an offense that's run by Jokic and then with Murray coming back. Uh, but I guess that's another discussion like on the psychological end of things. But wh- where do you think the Nuggets would stand as far as a Julius Randle and potentially looking at him in a trade? It'd have to be like a real sweetheart deal. And even then, I'm not sure that like the fit would work, right? So mm-hmm. they found a lot of success running Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. as combo forwards. And they still, that's the plan going forward, right? And so like the most logical kind of fit here would either be Gordon or MPJ. And I think if you're looking at Randall and you're like, are we really getting Aaron Gordon back for Julius, who was an all-star last year, even as bad as Julius has been this year, that's probably a letdown and Gordon's on a big contract. The contract here, I think matters a lot though, right? Like the nuggets have, you have to one, be able to match the salary. And then two, the nuggets have luxury tax concerns. And then three Randall's on the new deal, which takes him through 2025. Um, over 20 million i have a hard time seeing like the nuggets being like yeah that guy's gonna get us over the hump you know Mm -hmm. because you could maybe think about hey we'll give you michael porter jr based off of if you're willing to take on the injury risk um mpj comes with a lot of uh decision making complications um (laughs) like there i could see like the possibility of if the Knicks offered Randall and there being maybe some discussion there, but I think there would be a, a pretty high confidence inside the Nuggets. Like part of this is also like my evaluation versus like what I know the front office thinks, right? So mm-hmm. like for my end, I like Julius. I've always liked Julius. I liked him. I liked him out of college. I liked him with the Lakers. Uh, I liked him with the Pelicans. I liked him with the Knicks last year and was like vindicated. And now he's back down to to where he is. And so that stock has, has been a roller coaster. Like I like Julius and I think that he's going to be a, like, I think he can have better years. I just wind up being, you know, if the nuggets, how does Julius Randall make them better? It's like, how does mm-hmm. he's not gonna make him better on defense. And if he needs the ball, he's definitely not gonna make them better on offense. And the ball is going to mm-hmm. be dominated so much by Murray and Jokic long-term anyway. Are you better with just a quality shooter like MPJ? And the answer is probably yes. Now, like maybe a, like a three teamer might work if you can pull in like a mm-hmm. third. Team. And hey, we really want Julius Randall with assets that we don't really need. Um, the Knicks can give Randall and to you know the Nuggets and the, and send Randall to a third team, and then maybe MPJ gets involved. Like that might work, but it would have to be like an all star caliber guy. Like you'd have to deal with a front office that was like severely. We got to do something, or we're getting fired. And those are mm-hmm. hard to come by these days. Yeah, yeah. I, I struggle to think of what that team might potentially be. I guess maybe like Portland or something. Like, I, I, it would have to be somewhere along those lines, though. Even with them, it feels like it's kind of just at this point, they're kind of just like, well, this season is getting mailed in at this point. Um, at any rate, uh, Matt, if you want to real quick try to sell me on a couple of Nuggets guys, maybe we could think up one mock trade that might work between the Knicks and Nuggets. Because I do think, I think there's overlap in what these teams want between yeah. them but but the difficulty is going to be finding the right the right way to make it happen i think all right we got zeke naji on a rookie contract no extension yet 2.5 if, if i only go off what he did against the knicks that's a steal for us <laughs> there you go project out like all that three-point shooting needs to get better as a rebounder but he could be very useful you, you put together zeke naji and maybe uh, the other players that are available, I know, in, in trade talks are Facundo Campazzo at $3.2 million, And then you got, uh, okay, so Jamichael Green at 8.2 on an expiring might 
be valuable for the Knicks. Like mm-hmm. the Knicks very specifically wanting to clear cap space. You get Jamichael Green, solid veteran. He's having a horrible season, but it's really an outlier compared to what he's done long term. So like if you're just trying to create cap room for the inevitable, Knicks are going to try and sign a marquee free agent, you know, version 1800. Jamichael Green at least helps get you there. Uh, Jeff Green's on an, a, a short-term contract. They really like and need Jeff Green, so the offer is going to have to get them back a player like Burks, like somebody who can really help. But those are the guys I think that are probably available: is Zeke Naji, uh, both of the Greens, who I call Dos Verdes, and Facundo Campazzo. Is Bones Highland one thousand percent off the table? I think I for the Knicks, Bones I think Highland. I think if they're going to include Bones, <laughs> they're going to have to get like a like they would have to get a guy that's either starter caliber or mm-hmm. like high six man caliber. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure Burks fits the profile there. Like they like bones a lot in terms of his long-term growth shooter off the dribble. They he, infectious personality. There's a lot of confidence in him long-term. Yeah. I love him too. He honestly reminds me a lot of Emmanuel quickly and yeah. having two Emmanuel quickly's will be pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, at any rate, I mean, I'm thinking honestly with what you just said, I, I think if I think if Zeke Naji and let's just say you fill out the salary with Green to get to uh, to get to Burks, I I think the Knicks would maybe entertain that if the Nuggets were able to throw in like a second round pick or two or something. I really I think that Burks is Burks is like value has been established at this point through two different trades or maybe even three at this point of basically like either a somewhat protected first round pick or like a couple to three second round picks. So, I mean, I think if, if the Nuggets were willing to do Najee and Jamichael Green for Burks, and then the Knicks were able to kind of just lean more into playing Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel quickly, find Najee some minutes, you know, to see how he does. I think that might be something they'd be interested in. So maybe we just found the trade right there. Yeah. And, and, you know, from that perspective, I think Zeke's got upside as a five. So you could probably look at like, Hey, do we want to keep both Noel and raw and Mitch and see what you want to do long-term at those spots? Um, I will tell you like the nuggets are probably going to would probably, if they heard this call would just be like, are you out of your mind? I'm not trying Zeke Naji for Alcworks. Like they they would be like, no, because, and this is always the thing, right? Is if you draft a guy in a front mm-hmm. office, you're always just going to be like, Look what I found. I found this awesome player. I mm. believed in him. This is my mm. win. And so you don't want to trade him for just like veteran dude. But I personally would be into that deal of Zeke Naji and probably Jamichael Green uh, for Alec Burks in return. They'd be able to play Burks in three. They like to go to three guard combos and they'd be able to play mm. Burks a lot easier at six, six than some of the shorties that they've got on that team. Cool. Well, we'll see how things go. I certainly think the Nuggets are an intriguing option for the Knicks going forward. Uh, Matt, do you want to real quick before we sign off, uh, just remind everybody where to find your work and, and if you have any like cool projects coming up or anything, feel free to promote them. Hey, if you're listening in the New York area, guess what? Sports betting is live, which means that you can make bets and which means you can track your bets. And if you want to track your bets and get the best information on where the money's coming in, where the bets are coming in, download the Action Network app. You will not be disappointed. It's the best way to track your picks, but also just the best way to track scores. ESPN, CBS, all the other apps, they're clunky. They're loaded. I've worked for those companies. They have a lot of things going on behind the scenes to integrate. Ours is seamless and fast. So if you just want to keep it up on picks but both picks and scores really fast download the action network app on your mobile device right now okay and that's it for my discussion with matt moore of the action network and the locked on nuggets podcast hope you guys found enlightening 
Uh, I certainly did. I liked having a, a bit of a view into what's going on in Nuggets land there. You know, I do really think I, I agree with Matt that Alec Burks could potentially be a really good fit there as far as a player that can create off the bench a little bit, certainly can create his own shot, has shown some combo guard ability, and is just overall a really versatile player that would probably be really useful to a contender. So I, I think that maybe there's a match to be made there. You know, if the Knicks can get a Zeke Naji or pie in the sky out, outcome would be a Bones Highland out of that deal. Maybe, you know, they're looking at a, a really good trade package back for Alec Burks if they can get a couple second round picks as well, despite the sort of murky first round pick situation with the Nuggets there. So certainly something to keep an eye on. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how things go as the trade deadline approaches. We are going to have more of these sort of quick hitting episodes for you guys where we talk to people from around our network and just around the league in general, you know, to see who might be available in what markets and and all that sort of thing. And especially now with that new report coming out about the Knicks wanting to trade their vets, what teams might be interested in some of the Knicks veterans, namely Alec Burks, but other guys as well. So we'll have a lot of great shows coming out for you guys, not to spoil too much, but sometime in the near future, there will be one coming with Gavin talking with Evan Damerel from the Locked on Cavs podcast, uh, talking about if the Cavs might be interested in a few of the Knicks veterans. So we got lots of great stuff coming for you guys leading up to the NBA trade deadline. Keep it locked here to Locked on Knicks. Thank you all for listening. Peace out. Talk to you all soon.